Hello and welcome to What We Got Right and What We Got Wrong. This is a quarterly podcast where we talk about what we got right and what we got wrong as a company over the last quarter. So today I'm joined with Tian Yang, our head of research. In this podcast, to give you some context, we won't just be talking about outcomes, we'll also be looking at our process. So when we think about what we got right and what we got wrong, due to the complex and nuanced nature of financial markets, I like to use this math test analogy. We score points not just for having correct answer, but also from showing our working out. So Tian, what for you this quarter stood out? Um, well, thanks for the intro, Josh. Um, so I guess firstly, I think our leading indicator framework has held us in good stead in terms of the overall macro economy. Sure. I think you know even if we go back to the start of the quarter, broadly we we thought inflationary pressures would still be persistent, yeah. and they have been. We were worried about it feeding through into consumer expectations, and and they broadly have. Um, growth lead indicators were strong at the start of the quarter and growth and the economy has been pretty strong and we were noting some of the early signs of liquidity rolling over, you know, the global policy impulse being negative, um, which, you know, ha- has actually continued to evolve and, and move in that direction through the quarter. So, you know, coming into the second half of the year, the, the broadly cautious tone, you know, long quality, long dollar, you know, down, dialing down some of the cyclical exposures you know, dialing up some of the defensive exposure. So I think that has broadly made sense. So, you know, overall, I think, you know, most our, our broad roadmap has been correct in terms of the phase two of the FT markets. Mm-hmm. A lot of our trades that we stuck to, like, you know, banks, energy, you know, trying to time when to buy the dip, sticking with the long commodities uh, for the quarter, those have done well. I guess on, on the what we got wrong, I think the most obvious one is the China tech exposure. Right. So, you know, obviously we can get into a bit more detail later on, but sure. that's certainly an area where, you know, the original thesis that, you know, you had uneconomic selling after the Arche Goss fund blew up mm. was kind of obviously ma- massively impacted by just the, the regulatory headwinds coming out of China. Sure. And obviously from here, it's a bit more, you know, you had, you had like a change of essentially drivers. Um, so it's, you know, it's something that clearly has gone against us. I think, um, you know, there's still opportunities there, but it's a lot more subtle. But the reason we've kept in our trade table and we're kind of persisting is because there's kind of confidence factors right now, things like the crash patterns playing out and, and certain certain pockets of value emerging that, you know, we don't want investors to kind of just think about China things too hard and just abandon it. Sure, okay, great. So if we start to drill down into the asset classes. So maybe if we start with, let's say, equities, why don't we have a look at that and see how we got to from your Yeah, so, well, I think as I mentioned earlier, broadly speaking, I think the cautious equal weight or neutral tone equities has played out. Most of the DM indices have gone sideways for the quarter, you know, across sectors, again, very little overall moves. So, you know, this idea of sideways phase two has made sense. The headline S&P has gone up slightly, we know like the fans and tech has come back to drag it up. But in terms of the average stock, we've been kind of in the sideways market for, well, I think pretty much since May already. So I think sure. that, that that tone has broadly been correct. And dialing down exposures to cyclicals in general and trying to be more selective in terms of buying the dip on financials and energy as we've done this quarter, I think that that's also made a ton of sense. Something that is probably not not really a mistake or all we got right, but something we could have probably been slightly more proactive on is um, we took emerging markets down from overweight to neutral at the beginning of August, but we could have potentially been a bit more proactive um, a bit early on um, with that, given the, the more cautious tone. But again, I think we were very focused on actually country and um, 
and sector selection within EM. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the, the countries we picked to outperform when we went overweight EM back in back in the last year have actually done so, right? Countries like Vietnam, yep. Russia, and so forth. And we've actually there at least managed to track the themes and actually gotten out um, okay. So, yeah, broadly speaking, we could have probably been a little bit early on EM, but um, I think overall on equities, I think we've actually done a pretty good job. Um, the, the, out, the, the main exception obviously being the China tech exposure and being getting hurt quite hard by the, the kind of regulatory um, kind of shock that came out. Sure, okay, cool. So if we move to uh, fixed income, what do you see as? Mm, so fixed income, I think is somewhat, I think fixed income is somewhat neutral in that basically you had obviously yields at the beginning of the quarter really continuing to drop much, much lower. Um, but obviously they've since kind of had quite aggressive rebound and you know in Q4 looks set to actually keep trending higher so I would say that's kind of largely as at least is somewhat in line with our view that yields need to go higher um, you know that hasn't really changed from our point of view term premium has potential to go a lot higher even if rate expectations uh, don't move higher so that's why obviously we're still somewhat aligned with um, you know, within our strat, within kind of our overall asset allocation, where you know we're we're not as bearish on kind of the inflation link stuff as potentially um we 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 should have been if you only looked at the cycle indicators alone. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, th- I think that you know sticking with the idea that yields need to go higher, not lower, and trying to lean against it has I think broadly been the right thing to do. Okay. Um. The the one again the one pocket that potentially. Um, you know, we're going to need to kind of revisit and keep a close eye on it. It's been EM, EM bond exposure, sure. um, where again, in aggregate, because of the China kind of you know, real estate fallout, it started to underperform. Mm-hmm. But in terms of some of the more specific countries that we picked out, I think that's still done okay, right? Like things like overweight Indonesia, fixed income, overweight China, sovereign, yeah. fixed income, those have actually done okay. So again, there are subtleties mm-hmm. uh, to it, but yeah, but broadly speaking, I think EM, um, you know, maintaining that overweight EM debt, looking at the higher real yields, has broadly still made sense to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps we could think about commodities as well. Yeah, so I think commodities is probably the one thing that we've got um, kind of been most consistently right over the past kind of well year really right since sure. since kind of the pandemic, the, the super cycle thesis. Right. You know, keeping track of the fact that supply constraints have remained, capital scarcity has remained. Um, you know, it's it's only really you know into Q4 that we're starting to downgrade industrial commodity exposures back to neutral. Commodities actually performed pretty well uh, during Q3, despite equities going sideways, right? Despite some of the kind of peaks in growth um, starting to come through. So, yeah, overall, I think commodities I'm, I'm pretty happy with. You know, we we sidestepped some of the issues around gold volatility where mm-hmm. we noted we want to wait till Q4 yeah. to look for gold opportunities. So we'll keep our, our eyes out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously oil we're sticking to the somewhat bullish view, right? Obviously at 80 is a bit high, but mm. I don't think oil price is going to crash back to like 50 or 60 cents. Rent, mm. you know, the supply constraints remain very real there. I don't think there's huge pressure on OPEC to suddenly break the equilibrium because US shale guys are operating mm. or, or they've been a lot more restrained. So therefore OPEC can be a lot more restrained as well. Um, so I think commodities, you know, in terms of maintaining the bullish oil view, in terms of generally trying to stick with the more bullish kind of industrial commodity view has paid well. And obviously into Q4, we've recently downgraded industrial commodities neutral. Mm-hmm. And we'll be having a look at when to kind of turn bullish on gold again. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thanks. So I guess kind of last question for me. Uh, yeah, we we both kind of know that 
as much as we would like and encourage our clients to read all of our reports, it's just not possible uh, mm. in the world we live in today. So if there was one report over the last quarter uh, that you're particularly proud of, particularly happy with, that you'd encourage our clients to read, what would it be and, and why? Um, I, I think may, maybe the latest macro snapshot would be the one that's probably going to be useful to pretty much every kind of investor. Mm -hmm. The idea is that it's obviously a quick kind of, you know, review of the world across all asset classes, right? You know, two or three quick charts, key bullet points on, on what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think it is probably the best representation of our focus on lead indicators, but also, you know, our, our renewed focus on kind of user experience and ensuring clients just get the key information sure. out in terms of what's going on. So that's probably the main one. And, um, and just a couple of final things I think that we perhaps didn't cover fully earlier on was one is, you know, I think the, the contrarian long dollar has been a very good yeah. uh, Q2 view that we think is going to keep persisting, but we're getting to a point where we really need to be focusing on to see if the, you know, the dollar momentum starts to run out, if the dollar breath starts to weaken. But I think that was one that was very contrarian at the start of the quarter that sure. has been a pretty good expression of the cautious tone. And then I think for, you know, I appreciate not all investors care about China, but for investors do, who do care about China, obviously we've written quite a few follow-up reports trying to frame it correctly okay. in terms of our thinking that, you know, out of this mess, are there which are the pockets you do need to invest in? Obviously screening for quality assets, mm. um, that trading at kind of very steep discounts so there's one way to play, okay. right? So, um, you know, those are some of the things that, again, depending on kind of investors' area of focus, because obviously the key piece is going to be different. Sure. Um, but I would say this a snapshot kind of overall um, it's probably the best reflection of kind of you know our lead indicators and the work that we're, we're doing through the months. Sure, yeah. sure. I think it's a great piece. Um, is there anything else top of mind that you want to share? Um, no, well, I think obviously we're also making more concerted push to put out more thematic content. Correct. So, you know, things like you know, the home builders piece yes. we're putting out, we're working on another SPAC update. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think hopefully, you know, clients will start to see a much higher frequency of, of those come out and, um, you know, that should give, um, yeah, give a lot of, a lot of ideas in a current, you know, currently quite awkward kind of market environment yeah. where, yeah. you know, things are generally going sideways. You don't want to get too bearish, but it's tough to be max long, mm -hmm. what are the kind of big directional opportunities to be aware of to that, you know, you can hold through some volatility or look to kind of aggressively build on dips. So those are kind of, um, I think, the more interesting themes that's going to come out sure. um, in, in the kind of Q4 this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the release of those semantics. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, again, we always encourage uh, questions or feedback. Uh, we're constantly iterating and trying to improve. So if you have any questions on anything Tiami had said or any feedback on this uh, uh, particular pod, then please reach out to us at sales at Uh Thank you very much.